My name is Matt Brown. The trophy stays here. The Chiefs are back-to-back AFC champions. And let's start the show. The Tampa Bay Buccaneers and Tom Brady are going to Super Bowl 55. Welcome, welcome, welcome to the Productive Conversations Podcast. My name is Matt Brown, and I'm so happy to have you with us. Seriously, whether you're a new listener, welcome. Whether you're a returning listener, I appreciate you, and thank you for coming back. What's going on, everybody? It's Thursday, February 4th, 2021. What a crippling week because of the snowstorm here in the Northeast, and then I... Had a tough couple of days. I got food poisoning on Sunday. Oh my God, I'm not going to go into the details of what happened there. But thank you to the people who create Pepto-Bismol. You have saved my life. Oh man. And it, it, it stunk. I couldn't get any medicine on Monday because of the... 18 inches of snow we got here in the tri-state area then yesterday even with a little snow still coming down i was just the hulk i was so determined to shovel my car out of the snow push through drive as carefully as possible in slick icy conditions in norwalk connecticut oh in the northern part of norwalk trying to get to cvs oh my god And then when I got it, I spent $10 on this big fat bottle. I took it when I needed to. And when I woke up on Wednesday, I felt like a new person. Felt so much better than got right back to work. And, you know, I got a podcast recorded this week. Even uh, through it all, I did a lot of writing and promotion for the cool shows that came up this week and please check them out we had some awesome guests talking wrestling with ryan page and alessandro viviano i talked to owen h dunn about valuing diversity in the film industry and a lot of other cool stuff and then yesterday i talked to alessandro viviano about his content creation and working in an nyc deli and his confidence as a performer and actor so a lot of great shows this these last few days please check them out and We're glad to have you with us for today's special show as we both talk to the amazing Jake Campbell and we talk about the upcoming Super Bowl, which we will get into shortly. But before that, just a friendly reminder to like and subscribe to the Productive Conversations podcast on all podcasting platforms and YouTube. And feel free to leave a review. Be honest, be open. I love to hear it all. If you want to check out all the exclusive content of the Productive Conversations podcast, go to Instagram at Productive Conversations Podcast. Follow me on Instagram at MattBrown300. Follow me on Twitter at MattBrown31. Some other announcements. I am stepping down from the tweet cap. I, it's a podcast that's on every Friday with me and Ryan Page. At one point, it was me and Ryan Page. But after a candid and very good talk with my partner in that endeavor, I decided to step down from a co-host gig 
and instead I'm going to just be a guest host throughout various weeks. I'm doing this because, you know, I have a lot on my plate trying to grow the Productive Conversations podcast. And I really want to focus on this show most of all as it continues to grow as I try to get my career back on track. I just want to take the time to focus on Productive Conversations podcast and again get a new job back in production. Whether it's in film production, broadcasting, podcasting, radio, I just want to get my career back on track and focus on this Productive Conversations podcast. And the tweet cap was definitely a pleasure and a lot of fun. And I have nothing but love for Ryan Page, one of my best friends and an amazing podcaster himself. But I think it's better if we go our separate ways and we just focus on our own podcasts. Ryan's going to do great with the tweet cap. Check that out every Friday. Does an amazing job. And I'm really excited to see what he does with the tweet cap now that he will officially run it 100% on his own. So you got my support, Ryan. And I'll be on every time I can be. And yeah, I support you, bro. You're going to do great with the tweet cap. I believe in you. Also, check out tomorrow on a bonus podcast of the Productive Conversations podcast where I discuss the merchandise being sold on Zazzle.com. All the exclusive Productive Conversations podcast merchandise. And if you want to get t-shirts, hats, totes, masks, sweaters, sweatpants, anything that you could put the Productive Conversations podcast logo, it is Available on Zazzle.com, where you could get exclusive Productive Conversations podcast merchandise at affordable prices. I will get into more detail on that on a special podcast this Friday, tomorrow, February 5th. And I'll explain the store. I'll have links. On, I will have links to the exclusive merchandise for now on on every single podcast. Uh, you just have to log into each episode on all podcasting platforms, and the links will be right there to get exclusive Productive Conversations podcast merchandise. So, yeah, I'll go into more detail on that tomorrow. So, it's going to be very, very exciting taking another step on the Productive Conversations podcast journey. As we, most importantly on this journey, entertain you, the listeners, and we go out and do our best because you guys matter the most, the listeners, who we all extremely appreciate and love, and this is all for you. So thank you for tuning in and making this all possible. February 7th, at precisely 6.37 p.m., we will kick off Super Bowl 55. The Kansas City Chiefs, champions of the AFC, defending champions in the NFL, with an amazing offense and a legendary coach with with players who are on a legendary tract. They are going up against Tom Brady and the Tampa Bay Buccaneers at Raymond James Stadium in Tampa Bay, Florida, with Tampa Bay's terrific Tom Brady leading the way, another stellar coach, an incredible offensive weapons, and quite an entertaining defense. This is going to be a matchup historically 
for the ages, where you have Tom Brady, the greatest quarterback of all time, against Patrick Mahomes, who is on his way to be a legend himself with the amazing talent and skill set he has. So we have a lot to unpack and a lot of great things coming into this game. And this is what I think is going to happen. According to the official spread, the Kansas City Chiefs are three and a half point favorites. The over-under for the Super Bowl is 56 and a half points. And the money line is Kansas City at 175 and the Bucks at plus 150. Now, what an intense game that's going to be. And looking at both sides of the coin, I think this game is going to go down to who wants it more when you have two incredible offenses going at each other, neck and neck, led by two amazing quarterbacks on each side. I mean, with Brady versus Mahomes, Tom Brady just knows how to stay accurate, just knows how to get to his amazing weapons, whether you're a Charles Godwin, a Mike Evans, what do you have Grok making specific plays? I know he was very quiet during the NFC Championship, but he made the biggest play of the game with a huge first down to get them over the edge that would lead to a field goal that would make this six three point spread to a six point spread and that would lead them to victory. So don't take out Brock of the equation. The Buccaneers have a healthy offensive line coming into it. Not like the Kansas City Chiefs when you have Eric Fisher, one of the best offensive lines in the game and it all pro. It's going to be tough for the Chiefs offensive line to hold it down because remember, the key to winning last uh, two weeks ago for the Bucks to win against the Packers was that incredible pass rush when you had five sacks against Aaron Rodgers with three from Shaq Barrett, two from my man, one of my favorite Giants, Jason Pierre-Paul, and then you just have other people creating pressure from Nadamaka Kasu and Vita Vey. It is a stellar pass rush. And though the Chiefs are kind of weak when it comes to the offensive line now because of the injuries they have suffered, I still do think that if the whole, if they just have enough time, and we know how good of a scrambler Mahomes is, whether in or out of the pocket, and when you have amazing weapons themselves, from Travis Kelsey to Try Tyreek Hill if Sammy Watkins is play that's another option or Coleman and Demarcus Robinson even though the Bucks have some great weapons I do think the edge goes to the Chiefs because Patrick Mahomes makes every one of his options look stellar which is something Brady has been which is something that Brady has been praised in the past throughout his entire career, no matter who's his receivers. Brady gets to the ball, and Mahomes has that great comparison to him. So with Mahomes at the front, and as long as somehow there's enough time for him to let go of the ball against that stellar pass rush, I do think the Chiefs could, co- co- they could cover the spread. I think this is going to be a... L- high scoring game and it's just a matter of who wants it more but I think it's going to be a quick edge I do I have a lot of respect for the Bucks. my dad's a Tom Brady fan and he wants them to win and it would be so much fun to see all the great emotion out of him and him cheering and having fun and being crazy if the Bucks win 
But I think in my head that Patrick Mahomes is going to go back-to-back and win another Super Bowl only at the young age of 24. Maybe even win a Super Bowl MVP again. Everyone who's won a Super Bowl MVP, six players, they are all either Hall of Famers already or projected to be Hall of Famers right now. And I think Patrick Mahomes will lead his team to victory. Andy Reid will get his second Super Bowl. And I think the Chiefs are going to cover and the Chiefs are going to win. And if you need me to pick a final score, let's go with 34 to 30 Kansas City Chiefs. So I think you should put the over in this game. Again, though both defenses are only okay, I do think... They're going to have a tough time against both these incredible offenses. And I just think with the more stellar weapons that the Chiefs have, being compared to the really good weapons the Bucks have, I think the Kansas City Chiefs are going to win. And their keys to victory is just all the weapons they have. And you can't forget their good backfield. It Clyde Edwards. Don't forget the Chiefs' really good defensive line as well with Chris Jones and Frank Clark leading the ways. Anthony Kitchens in the backfield as a linebacker. And then Tyrone Matthew. And it's going to be a really tough day for Tom Brady in his home stadium, I believe. So again, Chiefs are going to beat the Bucks. My score prediction is 34 to 30, and I just think it's going to be one heck of a time. The Super Bowl is a top five favorite day of the year for me, and words cannot describe how excited I am for this historic matchup. So it's going to be a lot of fun, guys. Don't forget to check out the Super Bowl this Sunday, February 7th at 6.30 p.m. on CBS, where... Even if you're not into the game, there's going to be an amazing halftime show by the weekend. Great commercials throughout. Awesome Star Spangled Banner in America the Beautiful. There is something here for everyone in America on the Super Bowl. But again, we are excited for the historic matchup. Kansas City Chiefs versus the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. And it is going to be a night to remember. So after all that, let's get into my guests He is the amazing Jake Campbell. He's a Kansas City Chiefs fan. He is one of the best guys I know. Good friend of mine. I was at his wedding. Now, oh boy, a little less than a year and a half ago. And we get into a lot of cool things about the Chiefs and why he's a Chiefs fan. We get into his growth as a human being, how he met his wife in college. We get into movies and TV. It is a great show and something that has something for everybody. And it's going to be a great time. So let us start it right now. Jake Campbell, it's your turn. Let's start the show. He's a sweet man, he's a great man, and he's someone I have a strong amount of respect and support for. Seriously, he's simply one of the best guys I know, and a very 
much cherish our friendship. But seriously, we're all going to be lucky to get to know him a little more. But Jake Campbell, welcome to the Productive Conversations podcast. How are you doing, my friend? Thank you, man. Thank you for having me, man. And uh, doing good, doing good. I can't really complain, you know. Mm-hmm. Still, still working and still, still living, you know. So, oh, can't yeah. complain. Make us all proud for sure. So let's get right off the bat. What are the cool things about you, Jake? One of our themes in this episode in particularly is the fact that when it comes to football, you're a fan of the Kansas City Chiefs. Always have, always will, as we see sponsored by right now. But Jake, for someone who has lived in... New Jersey and now living in Connecticut again, grew up in New Hampshire. How did you become a Kansas City Chiefs fan? Uh, So I'm actually born in Kansas City, Kansas. And then uh, we moved to Texas shortly after that. And then I moved back into the Missouri area and then back in Kansas for a while. So I've I've always kind of been like in that that Kansas, Missouri area. We're always on the, the border on either the Missouri Kansas City side or the Kansas City Kansas side. Uh and then uh about like when I was like eleven or twelve, I moved to New Hampshire. Um but I never like once you're a KC fan, you kinda like you're always a KC fan. Like uh, my whole mom's side of the family is is a big KC fan. They converted my dad who was a Jets fan and I honestly I feel like that was probably his best move was to become a Chiefs fan. Mm-hmm. Uh yeah. but yeah, I mean I mean, fo- football down in the Midwest is taken so seriously. So, I mean, like right. once you're a part of like that, that lifestyle and all that, like you, you can't leave it you can't abandon it. And trust me, this been, this is the first time ever where, you know, you didn't feel the need to want to have to abandon it because we're, we're actually doing well for the first time in, again, my 28 years of, of living. So how about that? What made you um always move often? Uh <laughs> Uh, so my dad was just like, uh, he was like starting jobs down in the Midwest. And then, um, I, I can't remember if I've ever really like brought this up fully with you, but, uh, we do have, um, a, a house in Martha's Vineyard, like a cottage that we would yeah. go to during the summer. And so, uh, we were originally just going like commuting from Kansas all the way to that part of Massachusetts, which was like wow. a, a huge pain in the ass. Cause like that's, you know, we had the fly there and, the, and like the airport and Martha's Vineyard is probably exactly like what you expected to be. It's pretty <laughs> crappy. Um, and uh, so they wanted to be closer to there. Uh, my dad's side of the family is, is in, um, he was in New York. So we wanted to be up there and um, yeah, like Exeter Hospital, which is where he works now is one of like the more prominent uh, hospitals in New Hampshire. And he's got a lot of expertise. So uh, they needed him and, we were in New Hampshire for a while. He's he's still there. All that good noise. So, well, congrats yeah. to your dad with that. That's a uh, very fascinating. You know, back to the Chiefs itself. Could you tell me like some of your early memories of it being a Chiefs fan? Like your first quarterback you like, first favorite player? Like for me, the Giants. I've always been an Eli fan early. But when I first started, it was Kerry Collins, the Kurt Warner, and then uh, we had like a Michael Strahan and Tiki Barber at the time, and then the team stayed. Yeah. Off to the same, and there's two Super Bowl runs, and now it's completely different. But, you know, that's my early route to the Giants, just living here and uh, or growing up in the area of, you know, New York Metro, then just fell in naturally with that. So who was, like, some of your early KFC uh, – KFC, 
KC uh, fandoms <laughs> and uh, early favorite players and memories? I, so I don't have, like, so my first memory of a player that, I, I, well, I, I shouldn't say that. I, I think that um, number 58 has to be, like, the, the number one uh, name that kind of comes to mind in terms of, like, prominence in KC. Like, everyone was, was a huge Derek fan. And uh, I remember, like, even when I was, like, in, in elementary school, uh, we had like a uh, a cardboard um, what do you call it like a like a Fat guy that, like stands like this no not even that like one of those like actual like cutouts like, of life size cardboard yeah people. yeah 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 so we had one of those in our gym and he, he that dude was massive this dude was like <laughs> six foot four six foot five and uh, yeah I mean that's like probably my my first memory of like a chief uh, but my first like quarterback that I can remember and it's uh, kind of embarrassing is uh elvis uh gerback <laughs> and this dude <laughs> was not good <laughs> I could not uh, he was <laughs> he was i think early 2000s and um the only like memory i have of him and it's it's just like adds to the unfortunate of him is um oh, man so i think it was like right when he was like probably in the middle of his career or the end of the career um, <laughs> we had a backup quarterback that apparently was like a very good looking guy. And, um, what happened was this, it was like sports illustrator, like some big time magazine. They wanted to do a spread on the best looking athlete, uh, in the NFL. And so what happened was, is that they were supposed to interview the backup quarterback, but they, instead they interviewed Elvis and Elvis. If you look at a picture of him, is kind of like a, like a random kind of like a normal looking guy. And so he was even kind of like, oh, really? Like, he, like he was like, oh, hyped about it. Like, okay, cool. Like, I'm like the hottest guy in, uh, you know, the NFL. <laughs> and so they did like, <laughs> they did like a whole spread of him. And like the pictures that they took of him are so awkward because this is like this weird looking dude who's like posing in certain positions and shit like that. And it was really embarrassing because mm-hmm. they eventually like released it about like, okay, like we we meant to get the backup quarterback where we got you. And uh, even Elvis's wife had said something like him, like <laughs> why, why are you interviewing him? So that's like my first memory of of a quarterback on the cheese, and it just adds to his unfortunate kind of like he wasn't a great player. He he was you know as good as you can get with the team that we had back in the early two thousands, and we weren't really we we had some kind of like the big names kind of come through um, in KC, but we we were never really anything. Um, I, I feel like really like we felt like a, a, a bit of like a momentum is like when we had like Jamal Charles, who's probably like my favorite player yeah. of all time. Um, and then like Alex Smith, I think Alex Smith really kind of gave us the kind of like the push to start, you know, going forward and Andy Reid obviously becoming our head coach is um, a huge jump in the right direction. So oh, um, yes. it's, been, it's been a rain, man. I looked this guy up. This is him now. <laughs> Just found this on Google Images. <laughs> the yeah, sexiest the athlete. That, it actually says that too. <laughs> yeah, like like the positions that like where he's just like kind of like trying to look sexy <laughs> and shit like that. It's like, oh, this is awkward. <laughs> what a win for him. And yeah, for anyone who didn't know, the 58 he was talking about was Derek Thomas. He was in the Hall of Fame. He sadly passed away in a car accident, I believe. But uh, yeah. But yeah, like I said, football both uh nfl and college hall of famer so yeah how about that and now you must be 
like you've mentioned before, it implied like you're in heaven right now. You're in a real golden age of your team. And if they could pull off this win and then win one more, you might be seeing might be seeing a dynasty being formed. Now, the years prior coming through with a uh, Alex Smith and Andy Reid coming on, did you feel like, oh, something's really cooking up? We've been suffering for so long, but now, you know, we're getting draft picks again. We are having the right, um, we're having the right, uh, obviously making the right choices in the draft. And I don't know if in between, like there was GM changes, but, or what, but you'd know better than me, but did you see something coming? Like, did you, how, when did you know that? Um, when did you notice that things were going in the right direction for this now on its way to be a dynasty? Well, I mean, I remember being in college, like we were in chapter meetings because chapter meetings were on Sundays and yeah. I would literally like try to pay attention, but I'm like looking on my phone. I'm like, All right, what's the score? What's the score? What's the score? Okay. Like mm-hmm. who's, who's got the ball right now? Uh, Alex Smith, again, I really feel like he like pushed us in the right direction. I remember like when Andy <laughs> Reid became our, our head coach, because I honestly can't even tell you who our head coach was before that. He was very uh, unmemorable. Um, I remember like when we got Andy Reid coming right off of Philly, I was like, oh my gosh, like this is, this is a big deal. Um, and again, we had Charles, I think like in 2009, 2010. Mm-hmm. So like we had kind of like the players. It was just like we had a broken chess table, essentially. We needed all the pieces to kind of come together and we just didn't have it. Um, and again, I, I'm going to be like, sound like a bandwagoner, but I, I mean, when we drafted Mahomes, I was positive. This dude was going to like do some shit. I remember I watched like his, um, his like profile video and like this dude was just like, he had like the swag, but he was, he, he just, he's again, he sounds like Kermit the Frog. So he has kind of like a mm-hmm. dorkiness to him. I was like, I already like this guy. And like one of the first things like he had said in his like, uh, it was like a workout video or something like that where he's like, yeah, like, you know, down in Texas, like my, my coach is always telling me that I got to stop working out. Like I just, <laughs> I just like to get big. I just want to get bigger, you know, like, but you, know, you can't do that as a quarterback. I was like, whatever. This dude's like, if he wants to be a meathead, let's got to be a meathead. But like this guy's going somewhere and let's see like what happens. Um, Cause I know that we kind of like pass like on Watson. Like I know like that was the big thing is like, why would you get rid of Trubisky and Watson? And mm-hmm. I, I mean, Trubisky is another thing, but I think that Washington still is probably one of the best quarterbacks out in the league. I mean, I'm, I'm very excited to see what happens to him. Um, but yeah, no, Mahomes, Mahomes definitely was just like the the game changer. I mean, it really is. I'm, I'm very excited to see like where this kid takes off. And he's your guy for life. I mean, be dumb to, uh, you already got extended, be dumb to let him go. And, uh, you know, knows how to break tackles, knows how to be accurate, even when he's not looking. <coughs> Excuse me. And, I mean, you probably can't be more excited. And he's only 24, right? And I know. Yeah. yeah. So only up from here. Yeah. No, I mean, I, I, again, I, this is, I, I'm, I feel like I'm turning into like a bandwagoner by the way that I talk with things. Because uh, even like after we won the Super Bowl, I was wearing like my Casey hat everywhere. And then I remember there was like one dude in particular. I was like walking by and I heard him fucking say to his girl, he was like, Man, all these bandwagon cheese fans are like are like taking over New York. And I like was tempted to like be like, bro, like don't even like yeah. I dealt with so much shit on our team. Like, let me enjoy this. Like, we're, we've been terrible for so long. I mean, I don't feel like you become a fan of a team and unless you see them in their hardships and oh, yeah. and then see them in their strides. I mean, it's just that's just I don't know. So, um, but I mean, I can totally see Mahomes being like. It's almost like the Super Bowl is like a LeBron versus Jordan kind of deal. I, I, yeah, I really kind of see that as 
the comparison, you know, the, the, again, everyone's saying the goat versus the kid, which I don't know. I, I like it. I think that's, I think this is a really good Super Bowl. I, I think this is the most exciting Super Bowl I've ever seen. Yeah, why don't we get into that? Why don't we hop on into that? And uh, Super Bowl, we have the Super Bowl 55, Tampa, Florida, the Chiefs versus the Bucks. As you see, KC's trying to repeat as champions, and Tampa Bay's trying to just show Tom Brady's truly the greatest. If you could just hop on a team and win a Super Bowl, and just, I mean, good enough to hop on a team, and make it to one, and win the NFC. But let me tell you, I know there's probably some recent some biasy here, but um, it's definitely fair. What are your for, fair for you? And we know you've been loyal to him, so <laughs> fuck the haters for that. But tell me, what are you thinking for this game? What do you think are the keys to win for KC to win it all? For us to win it all, I, I, I think – I remember like when we were entering the playoffs, it's going to be very corny to say, but, like, our biggest enemy is ourselves. We are, like mm-hmm. – there's just times like where we are, like, on fire. I'm just like, fuck, yeah, let's go. Like, keep doing what you're doing. And then there's other times when it's like, dude, what is this shit show? It seemed like we were, like, playing very hard against, like, the really tough teams. And then when we played against, like, the average to, like, not-so-average teams, we were, like, struggling. So – and at the time when we played the Bucks, I would still kind of consider them as like not really being like in like their strides. And I feel like Tom Brady was still trying to get like his chemistry set up and, and make everything work. Uh, and we, and we beat them, but it was a struggle. So uh, going into round two, again, I still feel it's the kind of the same thing of we got to continue to essentially just be doing what we've been doing the entire playoffs, uh, good offense. And then our defense has really been kind of killing it, but it's so 50-50 with them. So mm-hmm. um, I don't think that this is going to be a shutout. I would like to think it would be, but I think that that won't make that Super Bowl magical is if it's just like a shutout. I think it's going to be a tough, just like head-to-head. It's going to be close to the end, I think. Um, I, I, Tom Brady is the best. I mean, I yeah. I, I don't like the Patriots. I, I don't particularly like Brady, but I respect the shit out of him. Of course. I know that he is the fucking best. Like, there's just no dispute in it. He is the best. Um, so, and again, this is his 10th time in the Super Bowl, which is fucking wild. 10 so, full I mean, years. For us to, it's it's crazy, and again, it, it, the 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 concept of like leaving your 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 dynasty team to go to another to a Super Bowl is not unheard of because Manning did it. So I mean, it's mm-hmm. not going to be completely he did it out a little. He it. did it a little sooner, Brady, but you're right. Same point for sure. Yeah, yeah. I and that's mean, the only company to get that. Manning's the yeah. only quarterback to win in two different divisions. I mean, two different teams. <laughs> So it, it's, it'll be interesting. I mean, I'm excited for this game. I think this is, again, like without a doubt, the most excited I've ever been for a Super Bowl. And that's like, even if I wasn't a Chiefs fan, I just feel like these are just two very like dope teams to be in the Super Bowl. Oh, oh yeah. For like me, one, one, oh, you were saying, no, go ahead. All I was just saying for me as a New York football Giants fan, I'm just, I'm loving it. I mean, historically, when we look back, we'll see, well, even like many years uh, later, we'll see. Wow, the best in a peak prime or happen to be playing each other at the same time. Yeah, yeah. Well, and again, Brady going from the the AFC to the NFC and then just killing it. It's that's like always been his uh, not Achilles, but like what Owen everyone always uses as a scapegoat. It's like, well, you know, he's in an easy division. He's yeah, you know, the AFC is not a big deal. Whatever. He's proved that he can do it, and he beat all the best. I mean, he had Rodgers. He had yeah. I mean, it's his his story. If you think of football as a story, his story 
is is amazing. And I really do think, even talking as a Chiefs fan, I do believe that Tom Brady winning this Super Bowl would be the ultimate story of, of Tom Brady. Yeah, right. I don't necessarily want that to happen per se, mm. but it would be incredible for like him to actually win the Super Bowl with everything that went on this year. I think that would be incredible. I, I think that he's all ready to go, and for him to do that, it would just be like, it's, you know, tops. It's, it, there's no way to beat that. I, yeah, it's... I mean, what can I say? You 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 hit it nail on the head. He's doing something they will never see before, and I'm just looking up just to double check. But I'm pretty sure if if Tom Brady wins Super Bowl seven, he will have more Super Bowls than just one franchise, which is the Steelers. Seven. <laughs> so. Oh my God. Yeah, I'm just double checking to make sure that's correct. And um, uh, where are the Giants at? Four. <laughs> Still yeah, high up there. Gone for or one four? One four gone to six. Gotcha. Wait. Yeah, yeah. Well, sorry, one four and gone to five. Um, Steelers. Wait, let me just super. Let me just confirm this. It is <coughs> one two three four five six. One two three four five six. Oh no, he'll have it. Uh, he'll have it more than every franchise. <laughs> That's that's wild. Again, there's no disputing this guy. I mean, it's it's going to take again, even for Mahomes, it's going to take a lot of fucking work to even get like on that same caliber. I mean, it's yeah, it takes a long time. This dude is really well. Yeah, it's. I mean, he really left a legacy that's going to be. Again, he's like the Jordan or LeBron, however you want to spin it, whoever you think is better, I guess, on that. (laughs) But I think um, if he does win it, this is a humongous step in the right direction. There's only been a handful of quarterbacks who won actually two Super Bowls. If he wins the MVP, it'd be the only the seventh time that's happened. And everyone who's gotten that is a Hall of Fame or a future one. So it's a... you must be thrilled, and I think the the keys to the game is is if they can just stop this pass rush from the Bucks. And I know it's tough because you guys lost your main man, Eric Fisher, one of the best linemen in the game. But and he, if you have to go up against the people like JPP, Shaq Barrett, and Damba Kinsu, um you need to make sure Brady, um, Mahomes has room to make plays. And if he is, and if he gets if he gets the ball to all his playmakers like Tyree Kill or Travis Kelsey, is if Sammy Watkins if Sammy Watkins is coming back, that's another addition. Uh, Hardman and yeah, that's what I think will be the reason if they can win it. If they could just make sure uh, Mahomes doesn't get touched. Because they won't, they beat Bra- they beat Rogers with five sacks and a lot of takedowns. So that was a crazy game. I mean, <laughs> I keep saying like the Bucks had literally everything that they possibly could need to be in a Super Bowl. Like I think for yep. them to not be in the Super Bowl would have been wild if you looked at like their roster at the beginning of the season and like they had a rocky start but they were like killing it towards the end so i mean they're they completely earned their spot and they right they did perfectly well in the playoffs so i mean it's, it's definitely not a fluke of them getting in definitely not because i feel like you, you get that sometimes i i think that's like when the super bowls are are miserable to watch because you're watching <laughs> either both or like one team that's like completely like overpowers the other and you're just like i'm, I'm here for the commercials now like i'm not even here right. for this fucking game. Like, it's whatever you know give me an mcu uh trailer and, and i'm happy i guess but 
uh, <laughs> yeah, no, I mean, at least for Sunday, like the game is going to be the game. Um, and again, I don't necessarily want to blow out from either side. I really hope it is kind of like, just like down to the wire. It's, it's back and forth. It's good football. That's like last all year's you can game. Really ask for. Yeah. In the, oh, but yeah, well, that, that, I don't want that. <laughs> that I, I, I was growing my first gray hairs after that. I was, I was bugging out with that game. I, I, I picked up like a, um, a superstition from, from that game. Um, so, when I, when we were in the playoffs, I was trying to grow a like a Kelsey beard for the, like the playoffs, and for and then if we made it to the Super Bowl, I was gonna keep, like you know keep letting it go. And um, obviously for like the first half of the game, we were playing miserably, and then even in the beginning of the third quarter, we were playing bad. And dude, I don't know. I'm not saying that I did anything for the team, <laughs> but what I what I will say is that for some reason, in the back of my head. Something was saying, you got to get rid of that beer, kid. You got to get rid of it. You're, you're killing this team right now. So I literally, like, I was like, we've lost this. Like, like this is, like, going to be tough. So, like, it hit to a commercial. I ran to the bathroom. I shaved my beard off completely. I, like, sat back down. Bro, no no joke, like, five minutes, like, later, like, we got, uh, I think, like, Tyreek Hill had, like, a huge, like, 60-yard run or something like that. Yeah. I was like, bro, I don't know what the fuck I just did, but, like, if it helped the team in any possible way, like whatever. So like I have a beer now, but going into the Super Bowl, like this shit's gone. There's I ain't playing any games. You know, like that's like my one weird superstition that I like have picked up over the uh, since like last year. So we'll see man. <laughs> well on behalf of the Casey Faithful, I'm sure they appreciate your sacrifice. And hey, get that other second Super Bowl. I think, you know, obviously Andy reads a Hall of Fame already. Mahomes is already making his his strides to the Big to the hall and Kelsey's a hall of famer and uh yeah good luck man I'm, I'm really excited to see and I think you guys are going to pull it off I just think you're a better offense and uh I think you'll just score more points that's just my prediction so I appreciate it yeah we, we need all the luck we can get so mm-hmm. appreciate awesome. it no problem so let's switch gears before we get some fun stuff you and I met at the University of Hartford that's our thing. We We're did. both in the same fraternity, Theta Chi fraternity, sure. Theta Upsilon, for those who want the specific Greek terminology. I wanted to know, Jake, you know, you're you're an architect or you work in the architecture field, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, doing great professionally. You uh, married your college sweetheart. You, I did. I'm sure it's been quite a... Uh, you know, from once you got to college, both personally, professionally, grow you grew into a strong young man and stuff. So, um, and now you're back in the Connecticut area, the Hartford area, hanging out, enjoying us here in a Nillamont country. You know, I'm at the bottom of the state, you're at the top. Uh, I just want to know, Jake, from all the cool things you uh, experienced, what from college got you, what are some of the lessons in college that made you um, experience things and get to you where you are? Hmm. I mean, doing the fraternity was like a game changer for me. I think that really broke me out of my shell. I was a very awkward and quiet kid in in high school. Um, really? I, I always, oh yeah, yeah. I mean, <laughs> I, I think that there's like that, sh- uh, I, some people say that and I was like, yeah, again, if you knew me, you wouldn't, you would, <laughs> I, I would consider myself as, I think that there was like the MTV show called in the in-betweeners. And like that was probably <laughs> me because I, I wasn't like the weird, weird kid, 
I wasn't like a goth. I wasn't like the cool kid. I wasn't necessarily the athletic guy. I was definitely like that in-betweener guy. Um, mm-hmm. <laughs> <bro. laughs> Sorry. Um, so, yeah, when, when I joined the fraternity, um, that was definitely like the, the saving grace, I feel like, for like getting me out of my shell, you know, being more... Um, like open to people. I just yep. like I was very sheltered and stuff like that. Um, I mean, I come from like a very loving family, but like we kind of like keep our shit to ourselves sometimes. And I feel right. like I, I think with me being the fraternity, I'm a very sensitive dude. And like, I needed to like release, you know, just like who I am. And I feel like that the, the fraternity really did bring that out of me. Uh, Cause I always had like my passions for uh, architecture and like, everything was kind of the same from like beginning to end in terms of like what I wanted out of my life. But I think that I always had like a personality and I always had a, uh, a strive to, you know, meet certain people and uh, the fraternity definitely just turned that around for me. Um, I definitely would not have met the people that we met, especially in our fraternity. I feel like our fraternity was, was really my, like my, the most ideal group of guys you could find because everybody is, is unique and has something different about them. And like, I just feel like no one's the same. And I, that's what I loved about our fraternity is that we had a nice uniqueness and I don't mean unique in a weird way. I just mean, you know, uh, um, I, I like the idea of not having to be in a fraternity where like everyone's wearing fucking pastel shorts and, yeah. and you know, having their hats backwards. I don't, I don't like that shit. That's not what I wanted to be a part of. And I really never felt that way with our uh, fraternity. So um, yeah, that th- th- was definitely the biggest turning point, I think, for college. And I, I know that sounds stupid because no, not at all. You know, I, you should be going to school for, for X, Y, and Z, but I mm-hmm. definitely, you know, picked up something different from it. So, yeah, you, you, make, you make sense with that. I think one of the it's definitely important to have quote unquote your book smarts, your academics, and know what you're passionate about that can lead to a career. But also, I knew social, being social is such an important aspect of it, whether it's in interviews or networking events or just interacting. I think that's generally important. And, you know, you know, take away the uh, extreme parts of, you know, a, a stereotypical fraternity life can be, you know, not everybody goes to house parties and do kegs and all that stuff. That's just a small portion, but at least actually talking to people, interacting, get some sparks that... um that really is important. And I think that was what was important that I got out of the fraternity too. And the reason why I joined Pick Theta Chi was just fate. Um, when I got into U-Hard, I was just, I want to be in a fraternity because I felt I had no social scene whatsoever at home. I think if I put a little more effort in, I probably could have, but yeah, it was just normal for me to hang out with my f- few friends that we didn't do much in our high school years. And and I would just watch movies all the time or SNL on Saturday night. So I figured this will be obvious of fraternity to get some me surrounded with people. So um, I picked Theta Chi out of I looked on our Wikipedia page for you heart looked at the fraternities. I picked Theta Chi literally because Steven Spielberg was a brother. It was just like <laughs> this is easy. So I just um, stuck with it. And you know right, we had that first semester of personal fulfillment, I guess. And then when we, when we, uh, rushed, I just went in with the most naive thing. And, uh, I, am glad that you told me when you guys were interviewing me for fraternity, you were skeptic, which is fine. Um, but I guess that naiveness, luckily it saved me and not turned me down or whoever had enough faith for letting me in, you know? <laughs> no, I feel that. That was the thing though, is I feel like 
I feel like we dislike people that felt like they they were coming in with a swag that would like not be us, I guess. I feel like mm-hmm. the more yourself you were, the more we, we did like you. I mean, I, dude, <laughs> I, I say it all the time to you. Like, I, I definitely like had a, a vibe about you. I was like, <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. But the, no, the more, and again, especially the longer that me and you have like kept in touch, the more I was like, no, like, no, this kid's like, like legit. Like, I get it. Um, but yeah, but I, I remember, <laughs> yeah, I, I, I had a different vibe at first and it's <laughs> definitely a hundred percent changed. Um, and, but, but that again, I think is the fraternity. I think that, um, your best self came out. And I, I, right. I think that's how I felt too. I, I feel like me and you probably had a very similar, like, um, insight of how, cause I, I remember like when I, I, I signed my bid, I honestly did not think like enough into it. I literally was like blindly signing it really. Yeah, um, me too. <laughs> my, my, yeah. I mean, I was like, sure. Yeah. I, I don't, I didn't even go to my own rush week. I literally was, I, I, That's I, hilarious. I was, wow. yeah, I mean, I completely missed out on like the best part of you getting like involved in it all. I, you know, I didn't go to any rush weeks when I was, you know, not in uh, Theta Chi. Um, I really finally signed something and, um, you know, here I am. And I feel like it's right. changed me for the best. You know? And I can tell, and I can tell with you, it, it changed you. I mean, in a, in a very good way, you know, I, I definitely see, um, I remember seeing you when you were younger and who you are now and you are completely, not completely, you are, you're always going to be Matt Brown, but you you have right. a, a different, um, swag to you, I would say. Oh yeah. And I appreciate it through the, you know, that those times were, you know, those changes came from awkward times and obstacles overcome. It wasn't that super easy, but I'm, I'm thankful for it and really hold no regrets. And yeah, I'm just, uh, lucky. I just go in. And when I remember I saw my bid, the super bowl 48, which was the Bronco Seahawks super bowl is when I signed the vid and they called me in and that was a blowout if you remember. So didn't miss much. And yeah, now we're here. And you know, one of the cool things, Jake, is you met your wife in a, uh, from Greek life, if you don't mind me asking, I'm just curious, how did you meet her? Did you see her at a, because uh, I think it's a cool story. And we see a lot of people who aren't going the distance from college, but you guys did. And it's inspiring. And she's awesome. You're awesome. So I was just curious, how did this all come? Did you just see her at Commons in the dining hall? And then you're like, man, I'm going to marry her. Or <laughs> like if you, see, if you see Joe Dirt with Kid Rocks in that. <laughs> Yeah. Or was it something I mean, that just grew naturally? I mean, honestly, you're not that far off like what you were saying with that. Like I remember um I had seen Brooke um a couple times like around campus and I remember like every time I saw her, I definitely had that cartoon fucking hearts in your eyes kind of thing. Like, oh my god, like who like who is that? And I remember like one time specifically, um Brian Ostra, who was my roommate. He like he knew Brooke from like a class or some shit like that, <laughs> and um, we were like walking to Commons, and she was walking by us. And I was like, "Oh fuck, that's her!" And then Ryan said something to her, and she said something to him. And I was like, "Yo, Ryan, like I don't even know how you know her, but you need to like introduce <laughs> her." And Ryan's like, "Oh, like, I honestly don't really know her. She's just like in the class of mine." So, like that was like my one like in. I felt like to like even meet her because I feel like uh, her sorority and our fraternity like weren't, weren't mingling at that point. Mm-hmm. Um, but no, I was like, I, I saw her a lot and I was always like, oh, dude, like, I just need to like get some fucking courage to like say something to her at some point. Um, and, I, and then I honestly never did. So 
I think what happened was uh, I had like randomly added her on, like, on Facebook. Um, and I was like, I eventually going to try and like maybe just like hit her up at some point. And then instead she hit me up and she was like, you know, chat me up a little bit. And then I said like, okay, like, um, you know, let's go have a a commons day. Like I want to (laughs) like, I can't take you to something legit, but like, how about commons? So we went to commons and, uh, I remember that she had like a salad and then I literally was like myself, I had two burgers (laughs) and I was like, this is me, man. (laughs) Like like, this is what it is. And then I remember she was saying, she's like, oh, I literally just had a salad because like, I wanted to like look like proper or some shit like no that. Way. I was like, oh, I don't know. Like, oh, whatever. But um, yeah, that was kind of like our first like date really like interacting with one another. Cause like really we had just been like texting a little bit here and there. Of course. Um, but uh, yeah, I remember like, I was like hitting up brothers. And I was like, don't let me fuck this up. Like, I don't like, no. this is like the girl I've been wanting to talk to. Like I, I, I was like, always like trying to find like a way to, um, the, the, to meet her and then and she kind of like introduced herself to me so i mean it worked out and she kind of like had the same like uh mentality towards me she's like yeah i saw you were on campus i thought that you were like you know whatever and um yeah that's just kind of how it went down is we kind of were like star-crossed and then uh i i eventually would have i always kind of say like i eventually would have hit you up first but she kind of beat me to the punch so yeah Look at that. Now you're settled together. What a beautiful story, man. <laughs> wedding was an awesome time, and uh, I'm happy for you, both of you. That's that's really sweet to hear, man. Thank you. For yeah, sharing. And of course, I was of course. just wondering, before we switch gears to our movies and TV, do you have any other f- like hilarious or funny U-Heart memories to share? Something that, that only really happened in college you didn't expect or wherever? I mean, honestly, anytime I was around like Gabe or Dre, yeah, it, it, it was always something, you know. Like, whether been on, Gabe Mills has been on like, the podcast, and Dre, who's scheduled to come on next week. So look at that. Oh, really? Yeah. <laughs> you're gonna have to call him like every twenty minutes before your 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 call. I think. <laughs> Dre, Dre's a funny one when it comes to that. <laughs> hey, man! If we could get it, it's gonna be good. But you were saying though, anytime hanging out with Dre and Gabe. Yeah, honestly, I mean, I'm, I'm trying to think of, like, <laughs> I mean, it didn't necessarily happen to me, but I just remember it was one of the funniest things that I had ever heard, and it was just, I, I mean, it might make more sense for Dre to say it, but uh, there was, like, this one time where, um, actually, <laughs> I'm trying to think of, like, a, like a good, <laughs> I don't know. I came unprepared, I guess. <laughs> like, no, no either. worries. I just asked. Yeah, curious. I, <laughs> Feel free to take your time. I pay for these these zooms, so take as long as you want. <laughs> oh shit! <laughs> no, no. I'm, well, I, uh, I mean, I mean, I have funny things, but like, I I can't really put them put them on here. Uh, <laughs> that's that's kind of like I was gonna start going off on a story. I was like, oh, fuck, I can't talk about that. Um, Bro, I'm like blanking. I'm like, did you tell me something oh, oh. crazy that happened at Spring Fling at one of the various Spring Flings? I mean, whew, the the my like first Spring Fling at like as a Theta Chi was definitely like the best Spring Fling I had, um, just because it was the most ratchet shit that we could have done. Because we um, we had Beta 
new come in. So that was like our biggest numbers we had. So I think that was like, shit, I want to say I like, it was 12, we like thir- no, no. Well, that, oh, they, they were a 12 man plus class, but us as a fraternity, we were like 34, 35. Oh, like yeah, that. Yeah. And that was like the most that we had had in a very long time. Um, and then it came to like, so like the seniors who had kind of dealt with like our fraternity being like a little bit smaller numbers of like 15, 16, like around there, when we like doubled that in their time, the seniors were like, all right, if everybody like puts in like fucking like 50 bucks or something like that, we can like do some crazy shit and like get as much beer as we can possibly get. Mm -hmm. So I remember that (laughs) we ended up investing in, we had to get 69 racks of uh, Milwaukee's best. And we made a throne out of it. And like the, the sixes, and it was just like a big gigantic chair, essentially of just like of. I don't know if you ever had Milwaukee's best, but it is it is not my ideal choice of a beer. And be and then the fact that they weren't they weren't refrigerating it either, so it was warm Milwaukee's best. Uh, Milwaukee's best. And so, but, but again, that never ruined it. It was definitely the, the fun of just having a fucking throne of, of racks, and that yeah. that shit kept us for the rest of the year. Like I mean. We really were not paying it because it was like every brother could get. It was like thirty beers or something like that. Or, it was like or, a rack to yourself. <laughs> no, or maybe even two. It was something. It was like an insurmountable amount of of beer. I was, and I was like, still, I, I wasn't going like crazy back then. I feel like, and I was just like, dude, that's a fucking lot of beer. Like, I can't. I, I drink like three at a time, and I'm like, I'm calling it a, a day. Right. Um, but there was there was definitely people that were they were drinking their share for share. Um, but no, that was just like the most fun. I mean, I remember we were in the sixes and we traded the sixes like the fives. So I remember like the fives was always like the most popping uh, of, of like the quads. Like when it came to like parties and when it was like spring flames and stuff like that. But the sixes was was just as lit. I feel like that year because we had uh, like the rugby team was in there. Um, I think we were the only fraternity that was like pretty much in that quad. Yeah, uh, but we had like a bunch of different like fun groups of like different like sports people and like just kind of like good groups of people that were all like in that sixes area and we just hung out there the entire time. Uh, I don't have like any like specific instances of like oh like this was dope, this was dope. I just feel like the whole thing was awesome. Yeah, no, this is um, exactly I remember, what like, I'm looking I, for. I, I, like, yeah, I mean, I remember like sleeping outside that night, like not because I was just drunk, but just because like we were just sitting around until like four o'clock in the morning. Um, but you know that was definitely the most fun, just because it's probably the most I remember out of the spring flame. But then right. uh, it was just a group of people. I mean, like the seniors that were heading out, it was like kind of like a a big send off for them. Yeah. Um, no, that was definitely my favorite one for sure. But again, anything like necessarily crazy, I can't really like pinpoint something specifically. No, you exactly answered how I'd like to, how I would like you to. It was the same with my, you know, same thing was us, the the fives, like my people probably was the juniors. Yeah, junior year of uh, Spring Fling, just hanging out in the fives. And senior year was good too. I, I would have this Ford Ranger, this 2001. That was my truck that I'd go back and forth between my internships in here. And there was also just low-key the fraternities of everyone needed a ride i was there didn't mind driving but the, the secret thing i never paid for a parking pass i would always pay like the temporary pass and then you would do like three dollars for a day or i would just ask somebody to register for me and i got away with it for a solid two two years in a row 
I guess it all accumulated at the end of the day, but still it was, it was nice. It was a pain in the ass. If you remember walking to sea lot, it was a good mile and a half yeah. to walk to the fires and stuff. So good exercise at the time, but yeah, it was just getting those, also getting those racks from Jay's. If you remember, just putting them all there. Mm. I remember one time we were transporting a, um, we transported an air hockey table. And I would not do this again because we had someone, our other president, this dude, Roy, after me, he was sitting on the, on the, on the bed of the truck with the thing. And I'm just thinking about, and where our fraternity house was, is on Bloomfield Ave. You know, it was just, the, mm. oh, so it's only about a five minute drive from campus, but that was the longest five minutes. I was like, man, I could totally, get over. <laughs> this shit sucks. But um, it was just, it was, it was a sweet bond. And, you know, we were really close in it, especially the senior year, because we just were all on the same page. And we talked about them before that maybe there were some bad apples in the past. But by the time it was my senior year, we just were all really good friends. And, you know, it was something that I just really appreciated and lucky at the time. So that and that truck, and I miss it every day, that Ford Ranger. <laughs> <laughs> was that your, like, first, like, solo car to yourself? Yeah, pretty much it was. You know, I technically shared with my brother, but I just drove it 90% of the time. So it was great. I would just go when I would intern in New York, I would just go from Hartford to commute my commuter town in Norwalk and then back and forth. And there was two times I actually did. I had to drive into the city because I had to go to work early for something. And it was just easier than that because um, it was only twice I did the true Hartford to Norwalk ride. Oh, sorry, Hartford to New York City, and this is Midtown ride, so solid three hours. But um, besides that, um, and the car would just deteriorate as it went years, like the windshield wiper broke. I remember one time in a bad rainstorm, it would just keep breaking. So where I'm from in Norwalk to Hartford, it would be an hour and a half where I'm at, and it took like four hours because I had to stop move it again. And, you know, I've probably should have just, I, I attempted to stay in a parking lot and like sleep it off maybe, but then it just got so creepy, but that we finally made it through. I never felt so relieved. Uh, so man, good. But was it rain or something that is that why you couldn't? Oh yeah. Like, like the equivalent is a snowstorm and rain, just pounding long <laughs> hours and never again. But after that, I knew the truck was, uh, I could only drive it in the, in the, when it wasn't right, no precipitation. So, <laughs> um, man, I missed that. So you saw the 5% on the weather channel. You're like, not today. Sir. Not today. Ser no, seriously. It freaked me. <laughs> Trust me. When you drive, especially at a highway and you see perfect vision and then it just stops. So you can't see shit. <laughs> I've never lied. I became a better driver relying on my uh, rear view mirror and stuff like that, but never again, even though I missed that truck and so many good memories with it. <laughs> you know, I feel like you always remember like your first kiss, like your first date, but you always remember like your first car and it, it's always oh, the yeah. best car you ever had. I, I, I'm the same way with my first car, which I is another car. It was a Nissan Ultima and it was like <laughs> a leather interior. And oh, okay. it, the, 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 no, but that, that <laughs> car like did me legit damage. Like I remember I would go play football uh like for practice and like the car would sit in the lot that would had no sun cover whatsoever and i remember i would be like just like covered in sweat like peter griffin in a sauna just like nastiness <laughs> and then i would sit in the car and it is pure fire and i just like i i mean Ooh. i had the gym getting like burn marks sitting in my own car like i like i love that car but i know just because of like 
the 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 physical toll that that shit has done to me that i'll never get a leather interior again <laughs> that's funny but, uh, no that was still that was like my favorite car no bmw I, I, it had a sunroof and shit <laughs> yeah, you know any any well yeah, I, I feel like there's no other car that can maybe fill that void except maybe like a jeep i do like a jeep but yeah i don't know if i'll ever get a jeep hey man you never know so jake one of the things I've been really looking forward to, so we're going to geek out of some movies and TV. So I asked you right before, since we talk about this stuff anyways and text about it, why don't we um, why don't we let it be known? And, you know, you could give some comments on the shows and stuff like that. We'll start with TV shows and we'll go down. So I'll start with my five, then your five. They get some comments with that. So mind if I just pull up mine? Go for it. Okay, so my top five, this is Matt Brown's top five shows. And I think this will be stay like these five, I don't think are actually going to change. Movies could sometimes be here or there, but these five particular, not going to move. So number five, I go with Atlanta. Donald Glover's Atlanta. I think just is such an amazing combo of comedy, drama, some really deep things to say, some social messages and wokeness. Donald Glover. You know, winning ends. Brian Tyree Henry, amazing as Paperboy. Lakeith Stanfield with his big breakthrough role. I mean, all three of them really. It's you know a show is good when you have your three guys become major major stars after. Like you see Brian Tyree Henry and Joker and Lakeith Stanfield and uh, Sorry to Bother You and Donald Glover and Lion King and obviously one of the biggest music stars in the world. That's what I have to say. Special place for number five, Atlanta. I, I mean, I, I like what you said, but like, you know, like your cast is good when like they're all taken off. And I feel like that's another thing that is like why there's like such a big break between these seasons is like these guys are just killing it. <laughs> yeah, but they're right. still committed to this. And you got to love like them for still like committing to a great show. So. Oh, yeah. That's why I trust. Like, I think these execs know, like, of these networks and now streaming services, like, let the artists take their time. You don't necessarily need a show every single consecutive year. And sometimes people complain that get people get jaded and can't think of, they don't have time to think of proper ideas. So, yeah, I think the first two seasons were two years apart. Now we're pushing, like, three or four for season three. But I think they're coming, they're supposed to come back at the end of 2021, and it's going to be two seasons. I believe that's Yep. Yep. That's what he's been promising. We'll see. I mean, I, I keep saying, do your thing. I don't. I, I could be in my forties, and I'll wait for season three. I'm, <laughs> I'm waiting, and I will be patient. <laughs> Works for me. I saw that Frasier is getting revived on the Paramount Network. I'm sure there's some people yeah, waiting I saw for that. that. Too. <laughs> I know one friend who actually bids that show. <laughs> and, That's and, and is really into it. Yeah, she she just bitched through. She put Frasier and Cheers, and those are like I know Cheers is over two hundred thirty episodes. That's dedication. I briefly it thought because on Peacock now, which is free, you could get every single SNL ever. And I thought maybe what if I binged every single SNL? And then I was like, wow, that's forty five years and nine hundred episodes. That'd take forever, but damn, it'd be some accomplishment. I think you would also recognize like so many episodes like i've already seen this one i've seen this one yeah. i've seen this one i mean it is what it is i got the idea from watching a documentary on showtime about john belushi which is really good really really good i highly recommend it and you know like those episodes are they, those episodes did make me laugh i was like i never really taken the time to look at the real old classics with our with our boy chevy chase in it 
Kill the Radner, John Belushi and stuff. <laughs> but yeah, we were talking about Chevy Chase. He uh he um he was a real dick back then too. He left the show hanging. Yeah, he was always kind of like a shithead. I, I mean, it, it doesn't seem like there was ever like a good. I, I think you rarely hear a good story about Chevy. It's, it's never. It's always something negative, and and it's weird because like that cast was so thankful to be where they were. Like Bill yeah. Murray was nothing. All these yeah. guys really were not big names, and this was their biggest moment. And I just feel like Chevy was just like the asshole on the whole group of it not really that's like, why he bounced after a season it. and became a big movie star but it's just it's so cool what lauren does it shows how amazing of a genius lauren is and like he he's still as passionate 45 years later till now and somehow is able to find relevant talent i mean he just he's like that teacher in your school who was like there for many years and you witnessed your students become big things and, and he's the one so yeah yeah, well, how do you how do you feel about the newer seasons? I guess that's a good question to ask for you. Um, you know, they're not as good as they used to be. I think um, for various reasons. I'm still tuning in. There are still some sketches that will make me laugh out loud, but like they always say, your favorite season is the one you were in high school. And since I had no social life in high school, I had I'd watch. It was like Bill Hader and Jason Sudeikis, Kristen Wiig, before. Um, all those guys hit it big and I just, every single sketch was enjoyable, all the hosts and stuff. But uh, I think there's something missing. Either, I, I don't see this current cast. And I'm like, and also back then he was like, these guys are going to be mega stars and do their own thing. Like that cast in particular, whether it's Kristen, a bridesmaid to Bill Hader and Barry and all that stuff. But um, I think they just, they're all talented. They're amazing. They could do stuff that I can. It's just, I just don't see like any major stars except like Kate McKinnon. And I think Chloe, what's her name is going to be something. And Pete Davidson still, um, he, I think he's been improving. I see him a lot more sketches than lately. So it's nice to see him doing that, but that's what I think of the newer seasons. What about you? So I think I'm kind of like, I think what you were saying, like your favorites were in, in high school. I'm probably around there slash like yeah. a little bit of middle school. I mean, I love like when Jimmy Fallon was on um, or like Horatio Sands was hysterical. But, oh, and he I love really the Lonely Island since, too. But I lived on those little, yeah, dude, little shorts. Andy Samberg was amazing. Like that yeah. guy was killing it. Um, even like Fred Armisen, I like, he oh, wasn't yeah, necessarily great. like a huge name per se, but like I think that he was hysterical on that show. Awesome impressionist um, too. Oh, he kills it. He's so good. I, I, I mean, uh, that really was like a stellar cast, like within like that, let's say like 2003 to 2000. Like eight, 12. 12. All right. Yeah. Yeah. That, that makes sense. Cause like that's when Chris and Wig and like uh, Sadiqas were on stuff like that. Yeah. Like um, in the Obama, but, Tina, when Tina Fey was, uh, uh, what's her shit? I can't believe I like our name from Alaska. Yeah. Um, wow. I thought I'd ever forget her name. Um, shit. I'm blinking too. I can see my house from or I can see yeah. Russia from my house. I can't. I can't think of her name now. Okay, I looked at the Alaska <sighs> governor. This is definitely the person who took over. <laughs> it might oh yeah, she's Dunleavy. not anymore. Uh, John McCain and um, Sarah Palin. 
Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it shows like, how relevant she is now today. <laughs> right. Like that's how those were my times and stuff. And I just think there just needs to be more. Like, there's definitely great cast and all talented, but you don't. I don't know if there's any breakout stars. If that makes sense. So. Well, I think what works with like the older seasons is that you had several different people that were working and clicked and like made like yeah, you, I, I think that the issue that they have now is that they rely on like one person that's funny and everybody else is kind of like mediocre. I, I think like Kate McKinnon is like they put everything on her shoulders to kind of get <laughs> right. things done. Um, and I think before that was like Kristen Wiig. I feel like Kristen Wiig was kind of like once she was like about to like head out, mm-hmm. she was like want like a diamond a dozen in that cast. And Bill so Hader like always issue. in every sketch too. At what point? Yeah, but I feel like Bill Hader is funnier outside of SNL. I don't think that he was as funny mm-hmm. on SNL. I think that he's really funny, but I think that like some people can just kill it better, um, whether they're on SNL versus outside of SNL. Um, I, I think like that Bill they Hader. have too much reliance. Huh? You, you, what, I love that? Bill Hader. He's probably my favorite cast member. I just think he's awesome with his char- oh, really? original characters and this, the uh, impressions, like the whether it's whether it's that Italian um, gibberish guy screaming and yelling. One of my favorite characters are him, or the Vietnam vet who interacts with puppets. Those are just I just love watching that. And he's just a f- big I like, film I like Herb. So. Herb, yes, yes. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, and they've had some people that I was like, okay, like this could work. I, I remember like Jay Farrell was like, I think oh, one yeah. of like their biggest losses that they got rid of, and I yeah. couldn't tell you why. That was random. And, uh, the other one that uh, fuck, now I'm forgetting her name, uh, Jen, Jenny Slate. Yeah, that was another one of those people like where like she like she was only on for like a season, and they kicked her out because she said fuck on TV. Yeah, she's uh, became huge ever since then. Yeah. Yeah, she's killing it now. Like I feel like that they've had some people that they have just like passed up, and I, I think Pete Davidson, they are giving him the light because it's what the people want. But like, right. they were hardly giving him any any airtime whatsoever. And I know that that kind of has other shit with his life and shit like that. But I just feel like they need to use what they got, and I feel like they're kind of getting a little bit of some pickup here. But it, it's the cast right now is a little. I'm not, I'm not rushing to watch it. Right. Absolutely, dude. You want to, you know what's amazing, always interesting about SNL for me? The amount of people who auditioned and didn't get it and are major stars, they can make an all star cast with that. Like I just pulled up real quick Jim Carrey, um, Stephen Colbert, Donald Glover, Tiffany Haddish, Kevin Hart, Zach Galifianakis. I didn't know Tiffany Haddish. Yeah, Mindy Cayley, Nick Kroll, Lisa Kudrow, uh, Adam McKay. John Mulaney, we gave him a writer. Kamel Nanjiani, Jordan Peele. Uh, he actually, according to this, he auditioned to play Obama and lost out to Fred Armisen. <laughs> Aubrey Plaza. <laughs> what? Your boy Paul Shear, according to this. I mean, I wow. can believe that. I believe that. <laughs> yeah, Gina Davis. Like, wow. It's just Jennifer Coolidge. Uh, I mean, what a, just what a cast alone from that. But I think SML can, I think that if you don't get it and you're making yourself, you're making a career out of yourself. I mean, I feel like that's more admirable, but then I feel like again, if Donald Glover got on SML, I feel like a Donald Glover that we see today is probably not the same Donald Glover that we would have got if he was on SML. Yeah, I feel for like sure. it would have 
because I feel like sometimes SNL is so it preoccupies your early career when it could that could be like your prime or at least like set you up for your prime that you're not like doing moves you're not doing this like Donald Glover would not be making some of the music he's probably making he wouldn't be doing uh some of like the acting gigs he's doing right now it's just yeah. It, it all worked for a reason. So Absolutely. whether it was intentional on the SNL um, staff or not, but yeah, some people are better off, you know, uh, in other places too. Like, uh, you know, your boy Rob Riggle was on SNL first season. They got yeah. come back, and you know, the the, the big Lejuli Louis Dreyfus, another one. It's just some people are better suited for other places, and there's nothing wrong. That's just how it goes. And not everyone who has been on SNL became a star either. There's just people you forget. Existed, but well, Robert Downey Jr. was on there for a yeah, year, which I think is mind blowing <laughs> because he like I, I, that blows my mind. I think that's like one of the crazier ones. And like now, Stiller too. Him, he was on there for like, was he? Yeah, for six episodes. <laughs> yeah, I, I think he got that. fired. He either got quit or fired, but he's since audition um, come back to host and stuff. But yeah, what a fascinating. Interesting. So, Jake, what's your top five? What's your number five for favorite TV shows? So I all right. So I'm I'm difficult. I I am not good at putting things in an order because how, I. How about how about we do this for time's sake? Why don't you we just list them off for now and then we can lead to a combo fair. from there. I got you. Okay. So, in no particular order, I have I have Breaking Bad. Uh, I put here. Let me find. I put Lost. Lost mm-hmm. my jam. Um, I have. I think so. I I feel like this is like a weird one, but I feel like. Parks and Rec is like probably one of my favorite comedies. Mm-hmm. I think that it it trumps The Office. And I know that's fighting words for some people, but I, like Tell I love The Office. <laughs> but Parks and Rec, I think, is like flawless. Um, <coughs> Survivor, I feel like I talked to you all Survivor. about Survivor. So yep, Survivor yep. is like one of my favorite shows. Uh, and then I, so I put this on here, and I just put a question mark because I don't know how I feel about it anymore. Is uh, Chappelle Show? Mm. That's like again, like one of my favorite shows. But again, I don't know how I feel about it with, with all the shit that he's talked about. But I've always felt like I love that. That was like one of my favorite shows throughout high school. I could still watch it today if I wanted to and still awesome. laugh my ass off. Um, I love that show. I think that show is hysterical. Yeah, with um, me. So I, so I'm sorry, you are saying? No, no, go ahead. I was just saying that, you know, the other ones I added to next to Atlanta would be Better Call Saul. Breaking Bad, yeah. Kirby Enthusiasm, and then The Sopranos. And SNL happened to be number six on this list, so uh, just missed the cut. But we talked about it just as much. So, yeah, I'm just all – I just love shows with great drama plus comedy. That's that's my favorite thing in this world, whether movies are showing. I think all those somewhat – well, Kirby's not really that dramatic, but – it's just so. Yeah, insane. I can't think of a dramatic. And, and Sopranos is not really. I mean, it's hilarious, but uh, it's. <laughs> yeah, it's way more of a serious tone for sure. <laughs> yeah. Well, you're no, right. There are some sure. funny parts. Oh, no, I was kidding. <laughs> it's like a very serious show. <laughs> <laughs> Man, so yeah, lost. I try my best, Jake. I've been trying so hard to fall into it. Maybe I don't know what's my problem. What do I have to do again? I've tried twice. I. I, I, I hate being like that guy, but you need to watch that first season. If you are not watching that first season and like giving it like 80% of your attention and like giving it like a hundred percent on like the last, like let's say like five episodes and you're not real then, then it's not for you. But I mm-hmm. do not think that would, that, that will happen. That show is the most well written, like the best character development I've ever seen on a show. 
Um, I think it's got like the best good guys and the best bad guys in it. Like I've never seen such villainous people in, in any other show, but lost uh, <laughs> I, and, and that, I mean that, that show like carried me in high school. I mean, I was obsessed with that show and like the, the creator uh, and like writers are, are amazing. So you had uh, Damon Lindelof who does, uh, he just did um, uh, Watchmen on HBO mm -hmm. and that was also really good. Uh, but he's done like a bunch of other shit. He did uh, like Bates Motel. Um, I'm forgetting. He did another show. I, it wasn't as good. But, um, and then J.J. Abrams was obviously taken off. Uh, he was like the director of the whole show. Um, yeah, no. That I, I Again, that's not a show where I feel like everybody took off afterwards, which I kind of like that in a show. Like That's why I love Parks and Rec because I feel like the cast was phenomenal and like every single person on that show took off with something. Um I feel like once like once Lost ended, that was kind of like the 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 high for everybody on that show. Right. But I, I think that that show is so fucking good, and like it has so many jaw dro dropping moments. And I don't know, I don't know how to get you to like it's it's a commitment to watch a full season, uh, a first season or something when it's like twenty four episodes, which I think is a very. I mean, looking back at it now, I think that that is such a stupid way of doing television. I think that the the whole concept of doing 10 episodes or like 12 episodes at the max for a season on a show nowadays is like the yeah. perfect amount that you need. Cause I feel like there's so many, there you're going to have a, a filler episode no matter what. So I can hop on and agree with you on that. I, um, I think I think that is the case for sure, and you know what? I'll, I'll try one more time. It's it's worth trying, and I want to be aware of these references. And seriously, you never know, Jake. I genuinely mean it. Uh, yo, so my next, why don't we hop into the movies now? Why don't you, uh, why don't you tell me some of the your top five movies, in no particular order, and we can talk about it from there. Word. All right. Again, I don't have a particular order. So I just I can't. Um, it's gonna be uh, Pulp Fiction is probably my number one. If I had to like give it a number one, it was, like Pulp Fiction is probably up there. Yeah. And I know that's super cliche, but I think that movie is amazing. Uh, I have Zodiac, which I think is like an amazing movie too. Uh, Eternal Sunshine of the Spotless Mind, like completely like blew my my head off when I saw mm -hmm. it. Um, Royal Tenenbaums, I think is still it's like one of like the best like if you want to call it a pick me up movie because it's a little dark, but it's really good. <laughs> yeah. And then I, I had a whole list and I was like, you know, I feel like this is like deserving to be in my top five for now, but it's probably going to change. But Whiplash is like the most yeah. recent like movie that like I just continue to look at. Like that movie looks so fucking good. Um, so that's my, my top five. I love Whiplash. Just so just crazy obsession. And there's just some cool shots in there like that car accident and just... Well, okay. Apparently, Miles Teller did most of that drumming for real, and man, really rocks. Actors that that can just pick up like a skill that people put their fucking lives into, and yeah, and perf and make it look like they legit are doing it. I, I think that's awesome. I, and there's some actors that will just do that with every role. Like Christian Bale is always like one of those guys that like is constantly doing that kind of shit. Oh yeah, and it anyone blows my mind. The MCU people who lose weight and get into superhero shape in like six months. It's, it's insane. It's insane. Well, I remember like I, I heard something like, uh, I, wasn't it the big short? That's guy. That's Christian Bell, right? Yeah. Big short. That was, yeah. Okay. So I, mm -hmm. I honestly, I haven't seen that movie, but I've heard that there's, 
the guy that he was portraying was like really into drums. So uh, Christian Bale like trained for like four weeks to like play the drums, and like everyone was like, but no, nobody even knew that that guy played the drums. Like, what, <laughs> like, what is the fucking point of that? And he's like, oh, you know, because like this guy, like that, that's like what he did. Like I really want to play into the character. And I was like, that's how nice he is. <laughs> I think he's the best Batman too. By the way, you agree with that? I think he plays the Bruce Wayne character in Batman as well as the comics portrays Bruce Wayne in that. Who do you say? Michael Keaton? I know he's been a popular yeah. I feel like Michael Keaton is like the most, because I feel like Christian Vale had, it was a douchey swag versus just like. <laughs> do you feel Bruce is a kind know. of a douche though? No, no. I feel like in the comics he had, like, I mean, he's, he's non, <laughs> he's like kind of nonchalant, but he's kind of like pompous at the same time. Yeah. But I feel like Christian Bale just took it to like I remember like in the the Dark Knight like when he comes off the helicopter with like two like women behind him and stuff like that. <laughs> I was like, ah, He's just Patrick Bateman. That's like my yeah. I <laughs> that, that too. I just I don't know. <laughs> All that just didn't really like click for me. I don't dislike him as as Batman. I think that he did a good job. But it, yeah, I feel like I don't know King. I just feel like King was like exactly like what you would want out of it and i thought that he was dope in both both movies i mean they're both great so supposedly coming back for something while we also have i don't know what the thing is because they're doing the robert pattinson's completely different universe who i'm excited i think it could play a good batman pretty hyped i, I love robert so pattinson he's my so. favorite actor i think we'll be looking at like the best batman <laughs> with with pattinson i think that that's gonna be a thing you know, I'm tr- I'm 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 praying for that. Like I said, that's my favorite actor right now. Oh man, he's just the best at doing accents. <laughs> the best he could be funny and chill. You know, I I watched this whole. I wonder what he's like as a person. Like I saw this big panel of actors, like they were just talking about the craft of acting. It was like Brian Cranston and like Anne Hathaway. It was all A-listers and him, and he didn't even speak during the whole thing. They talked like a whole hour. I just found that interesting. I can see that though. I wonder I if he's like a more reclusive quiet. Yeah, like yeah, he does see it that way. And you know, remember his girlfriend cheated on him on the set. Remember that with Kristen St- Stewart at the last Twilight movie? Uh, you feel well, that was him. never gonna last anyway. Uh. <laughs> maybe maybe it inspired him to, we all know like he went back to the indie scene and did a lot of low budget films just to pr- practice being an actor now and he's back doing the Nolan movie, which he was really good in, Tenet. And obviously now Batman. <laughs> Devil all the time's always in uh, his uh, preacher voice is always in movie. The, always the movie channels feature that one scene. <laughs> I'm shocked that that movie do, is not talked like more <laughs> than it is. I, I feel like it was completely swept under the rug last year. And that movie was real fucking good. I thought. Yeah. I and he it. was amazing in that. I guess some people didn't like the uh, the story itself. They felt it was too long or what, or compelling. Like that's the critic. That's the um, criticisms I heard. But you know, teach their own, right? Well, how how do you feel about like a long movie? Like if you were before you walk into the movie, even if like you don't know who's in it, if you found out that you're like the movie you're walking into is three hours and fifteen minutes, like what is your reaction to that? It has to be good, man. Like if a great three hour movie will go fast and it doesn't happen a lot, it's hard. 
it really will go fast. Like my examples, I thought Wolf of Wall Street pushes three hours. That was a quick, it felt quicker. Godfathers, if you want to put it. I mean, some play, some scenes drag more than others, but the really cool stuff. And like, it, it just has to fit like a genre. Like I'd watch a three hours, like epic about like war epic, like with insane landscaping shots and like insane character development. I won't watch a three hour drama. That's too much. You know, I think yeah. more like, I think comedies, like if they push two hours, it can be a lot a, a, too much. I think comedy should be between 90 minutes and two hours in my opinion. So I think yeah, I, I don't mind. I, I'll watch a three hour movie, but it has to be good. And it has to equal a genre. If that makes sense. How do you feel about no, um, I got that. movies? Yeah. I'm kind of like the same way. I mean, I, uh, what was uh, shit? What the hell? Uh, the Irishman. Yeah, that was that, a tough one for me. It was, that was good. A bit much. I didn't, <laughs> I didn't dislike it, but it was so long for no reason, in my opinion. Like, they could have easily cut an hour out of that movie, and it would have been just as good, if not better, because they cut it short. Right. Uh, but I understand the concept now of like when you have a TV show that's running for ten episodes, you're getting so much character development out of it. And like when you're putting like slapping the word series on it, instead of just saying it's a movie, you're willing to watch it. But when it's like a three hour, I don't even know if I've ever, if I've ever seen a four hour movie, but if you were to say, yeah. Oh, like this movie's four hours. I'm like, fuck you. No way. <laughs> I'm down to go watch a, uh, an entire weekend of one TV show. Um, I think it's, I mean, if you, I think a good movie should be longer because you need to have that. I think a good character right. development is what's going to make you be invested in the, the movie in the first place. Um, yeah, I don't know. I, again, it really needs to be like, it needs to captivate me. I, Cause that's, that's what I'm if saying. I'm not, if I'm not feeling for the characters or like what's going on, then I can't really be that invested. But I will say like, um, have you, you seen uh hateful eight? Yeah. With, so Brooke despises that movie, and I think it's because it's so fucking long, and it's it just in long. a cabin. And but there's I'm a longer like, one like, too. <laughs> there's a longer version if you want to put yourself extended? into that. Yeah. <laughs> and I watched that shit because I liked that movie. I think that movie is very good, and it, all it is is you're just sitting in a cabin. Which, but I think that movie is awesome. I love that movie. Uh, I think that's like the rare side where it's like it's really just talking in that movie. There really mm-hmm. isn't a lot of action until maybe like the last twenty minutes of the movie. Might as well uh, watch a play. I don't know. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And, and I, I don't know. It's, uh, yeah, I, I don't know. I, again, it needs to have something to it. I feel like when it's a Tarantino movie, it could be five hours, and I'm going to sit yeah. there the entire time. It's just, I that's, think, my, that's my pull. What's a part of time in Hollywood, which we, we both saw together, um... I think that pushes two and a half hours, but that was like entertaining the whole time. Yeah, exactly. 161 minutes. So two, just under it's two hours, 40 minutes. So like that, something like that, it justifies it. And I can't think of a scene that they necessarily taken out, needed to take out off the top of my head. I haven't seen it in a cup in many months, but like, again, if, if like, the Irishman you were saying where you can point out places that they to take out for a three and a half hour movie. Like, remember when he, you know, spoiler alert, when he goes out to kill Robert De Niro goes to kill Al Pacino's character. We see his entire flight. We see him leave the house, get to the airport board, fly, get land, drive to his house, does, does the deed. And then goes back and we see it all over again like that. I, we get it. He's going to kill him. We don't need to see the entire thing. 
but there's some dude out there that's like, yeah, but they're doing it because of this and like all oh, like the cinematography and it's like, oh, it's like you need to capture, you shouldn't be capturing like a, a an eighth of an audience. You should be capturing at least like three quarters of your audience. Yeah, if you're not doing that, I don't think you're doing a good job. I don't think that that's art. I think that's not really doing it correctly. Audience is most important. And like, that's, that's, that's just my thing that they have to consider that. And uh, nothing's more annoying than a pretentious film critic. I know a few, but um, hey, to each their own and stuff like that. But yeah, log movies. It's fine if it if it uh if it reaches what it's meant to be, and if it's fine if it's worth that time. But if it's not, man, it's bad. Like I watched this movie called The Fisher King, which was great. Really great. I don't know if you saw uh Jeff Bridges, Robin Williams. It's really interesting. What's it called? The Fisher King. So it's about, long story short, it's about Jeff Bridges, your boy Jeff Bridges. This came out in 91. So he plays a radio jock who inspires this guy to kill, to shoot up a bar. And one of his, he's like a played a Howard Stern shock jock. And then he like loses his career from it and feels guilty. And then he's on the brink of homelessness and he meets Robin Williams who becomes homeless because that night at the, his, the um, that guy shot up the bar, he killed his wife and he became mentally deranged from it. So it was really interesting. It's awesome. Like it's a nice redemption story. It's just a little bit too long. It's two hours and it's just under two and a half hours. And I mean, it's fine. Robert Williams, you, you, you that's someone I really miss. But um, that was a little bit of a, I was looking at the clock. How much longer is this on? So you, you don't want that in the yeah. movie. Yeah, anytime you're looking at your watches, but you're like, ah, oh, not a good time. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah. Do you think Endgame was worth three hours? Uh, <laughs> yeah, I mean, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. I think I think that when I was watching Endgame, I did look at my my uh, my clock. But I think for the opposite reason, I was I was looking at it like I know this is like a three hour movie. Please tell me that it's only. 40 minutes in because I could continue watching this. So, yeah. um, I, I don't know. I, I mean, I, I love those movies, so I'm a little biased towards it. Um, but I think that there's only been like a handful of movies that I knew were wrong, and I was sitting there going like, oh, shit, I hope that we're not like already at the end because I don't want the shit to end. So, right. uh, and I feel like that rarely happens when you have like a long movie, but uh, every once in a while you get those that kind of pop out like that. I hear that, man. And, you know, my top five movies that... Um, I'm keeping, I'm keeping light is, uh, my top five movies will have to be one second. Uh, so I'm going to go. With. I like. Do the right thing from Spike Lee. I think just an awesome woke story that's hilarious, but also real deep themes. On the Waterfront, which is an old movie from the 50s with Father Brandon, you know, I could have been a contender. I could have had class and stuff like that. Um, That was a part of time in Hollywood. How about I see with you, which was, uh, I still love that movie to this day. Toy Story, there's a special place in my heart for that. When I saw Toy Story 4, I think this was right at Thanksgiving weekend. I cried my eyes out, bro. You saw, uh, I know you, you, you were, uh, correct me if I'm wrong. Were you not really feeling it that much or stuff like that? 
I feel like three was like, it hit me so hard that when they came out with a fourth one, I was like, why? I don't need to get hit again. Like, I'm good. <laughs> you guys oh, already. Yeah. This was definitely me. cash like, grab. Yeah, yeah. But it was, I mean, it was okay. I didn't, I didn't dislike it. I, I don't know if I would watch it again, though. I would, I would watch like three again, even though I know that my entire childhood will get shattered once again mm-hmm. if I watch it. But, uh, yeah, yeah, you know, spoiler alert is, uh, you know, when. I guess there wasn't really much more you could do. You have to have Woody and Buzz go their separate ways, you know? And they did it. Like, what? Who would have thought? I just, like, man, who would have thought my five... That's, I think that was the very first movie I ever saw. I remember... I think of the VHS with that classic, like, styrofoamy white covering. And... Yeah. Wow. But it is fascinating to see how far the animations come. Like, it's so blocky, the original one and stuff. But not that bad, considering, oh, yeah. like, I mean, it's pretty good. Especially in 95. Like, I, I, I wouldn't shit on, yeah, that's what I'm saying. Like, for the time that they were making, that was like the first type of, like, that movie they ever made. Yeah, I first ever feature, like, computer animated movie. I think the first one that ever featured s- sequences was your movie Tron, the original. And then... Uh, that's tough. Yeah. That's a tough one. <laughs> and then, uh, yeah, I just... <laughs> Good movie, good movie. So I just that was crazy when I saw them. But I guess that's the only way that story made sense. And then my favorite movie, this never changes, is The Departed. Leo DiCaprio, Jack Nicholson, Matt Damon. It's uh Scorsese directed. Great, great peak. Jack Nicholson, man. He knew how to play bad guy. Uh what a what a it gets me every time. I think it's gonna end differently, but you know, just just awesome. That ending still fucks with me every time I see it because it's just like holy shit! He almost got away. Crazy, man. Yeah. All right. So here's a thing that I I've talked to a couple of different people about. How how do you feel about the rat at the very end? You know, it's funny how many people thought thought that was corny, but I thought it was fine. It got me a (laughs) chuckle, and uh, oh well, I guess. Yeah. Yeah, I mean that's kind of it's it is a little corny, but I, I think it's uh, I think it was cool. I like how they did that. I don't like people that shit on it because I was like, I think that was kind of cool what they did. Yeah, I liked it. I mean, I've heard people criticize it too, but oh well. So, you know, Jake, we've been almost at it for an hour and a half. This has been such a really good conversation, man, and uh, I really appreciate you coming on. And I hope that you would like to do this again. Seriously, even it's been a real pleasure, man. I hope you've been having fun. No, I have. You know, this has been good. It's been a productive conversation. <laughs> That's the best type of podcast. So with that, I like to finish with a tradition of all my guests, the Proust questionnaire. Have you ever seen Inside the Actor's Studio? Like maybe back in like the 90s or like maybe early 2000s mm-hmm. with uh, James Lipton. Yes. Will Ferrell does a hilarious impression, but he asked the same 10 questions to all his guests and I continue the tradition. So I was wondering if uh, we can answer the, what we call the Proust questionnaire. Okay, cool. All right. My first question. What is your favorite word? Flummoxed. Formixed? Flummoxed. Flummoxed. You know, I really learned a lot of new words. What is that? <laughs> Flummoxed means like perplexion or like you're completely baffled by something that happened. 
I, I, I like learned it like a year ago and I like love using it in conversation. Like I'll just like, dude, man, I was flummoxed when I saw that shit. When I saw the end of Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, I was fucking flummoxed, man. Anytime I see Daniel Jones take the field, I'm flummoxed. Is that a real answer? <laughs> <laughs> what is your least favorite word? Um, I don't know why. Um, seepage. Seepage. <laughs> Can you tell me what seepage? Seepage. Yeah, that does sound gross. Do you know what that means too? What? What does seepage huh? mean? Like, like something that's like. Like seep, I don't know. I can't. Um, something that's like dissolving through something else. Oh. It's usually never something good. I can tell. Like, like not, if if something's seeping from anything, I just feel like that's gross. I, I don't like that word. I I, I really hear it when I want to do. I'm just like, stay away, stay away. So my question, my question for you is not a sexual question. It's only once someone actually answered it sexually. Okay. I, it's um, it's more of a life question. I'll tell you right after. Um, but what turns you on in this world? It could be laughter. It could be being with your wife and family. Like, what is it? What turns you on in this world? Mm. Um, I mean, again, maybe. <laughs> You kind of use it, and it's made it a little corny. But honestly, like, yeah, like my wife. I mean, uh, nah, not at all. That's I, a beautiful answer. I I feel like with like quarantine, some 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 couples are are looking at their relationship a certain way, and I think that I'm looking at mine as like this is like a huge blessing because wow, uh, we just we just got married, and I will probably never get this much like one-on-one time like with my my wife ever again because of quarantine unless i like work from home forever uh you know this was gonna be the most i'm gonna see her at like throughout the day every day and i uh we don't work in the same room but i like probably every hour i'm like hey like what's up how you doing blah blah blah. um yeah no she like i she gives me like the motivation to do my day-to-day and um yeah, no, she's she's like my wife, man. I, I that's all I can really say. She, man. she, yeah. This proves that there is someone out there for everyone. That's what I feel. I think that so. Also, to show exactly when things are meant to be. What turns you off in this world? Um, I don't know how to like put it into like a word or a phrase, but like. I I really don't like like uh, like how social media is um, portraying people. I I don't I don't know how to yeah explain. the negative side of social media almost. I, I find it harder to find the positives in social media than the negatives. I feel like the negatives kind of bring out the worst in people. Uh, I think like worse than money. I feel like people are are can get so. Um, hungry for just to get like a like. I just don't. Tell me about it, bro. People will. I've seen people who uh, 
I've seen people who throw people under the bus for likes, people who will like ruin reputations for likes. It's amazing. Like, in fact, this is great. Let me show you a picture. I, I might have sent you to this on Insta, but um, this person, I guess it was from puberty. This person cheated on her boyfriend, which, you know, infidelity is wrong. So she takes the time to write fuck you in the wall and spray paint it and say that's her ex. Now, the thing is, why does she have to post all that? Like, she really wanted to get out of the way to make her look bad. And I guess if this goes into court, you have clear evidence of her ruining property and stuff like that. So I'm sure that doesn't help. So, like, is that what some people decide to do? Like, I'm going to really ruin you. Like, you could just say, hey, let's talk. But, yeah. yeah. I, I, yeah. I, I mean, I guess express however you need to express. But, yeah, I, I agree on, like, that, like, Shouldn't break the law. Like when, like, probably ninety-five percent of the time, you shouldn't. But um, (laughs) do we gotta do? I guess to get the message across. Um, It's like the shit where, like, people like are filming themselves, like giving shit to like homeless people. Yes, I hate that. Don't like that at all. You're you're contradicting your point of being charitable. You shouldn't need to justify yourself with a camera crew in it. Yeah, no, exactly. Or, or even like, I feel like even if you do a good deed, you shouldn't have to go out of your way to tell somebody that you did that good deed. I, right. I've done plenty of deeds where I, I literally haven't told anybody. I, it, it's yeah. between me and the person I did the deed for. Um, I, I don't, I, so I don't like that side of like of social media, like the thirst to get, like I guess like the attention of others. I don't really know what you want to call it. Um, I just know that like if I'm like my Instagram is is probably wild if you look at like some of like the shit but the shit I follow is weird because it's always it's like art shit it's yeah. like tattoos uh, and then I get into like calligraphy I have like a lot of weird shit that I follow I have I probably follow like legitimate like 200 people and then I have maybe a thousand <laughs> random accounts that I follow um, but anytime that I'm like cruising on instagram i see like a video that starts with like hey guys i'm like i'm already, I'm already going to the next one yeah. i don't like because that is going to start into some shit that i don't give a shit about and i don't want to listen to it so like yeah that's probably my my biggest turnoff in, yeah. in terms of that's a, my life that's one of my favorite answers to this question and i can't agree more with it again do the right thing but you don't need but you don't need um assurance for it you just do it because it's the right thing to do so my next question, what sound or noise do you love? Um, <laughs> this is kind of stupid. I, I, I find it hilarious when people sneeze. I think that <laughs> it's, people are the most vulnerable and themselves when they sneeze because they cannot control how it's going to come out and like how it sounds. And you hear some of the weirdest sneezes out there, whether it's like a full-on sneeze or someone trying to conceal a sneeze and doing a poor job. I think that shit is hysterical. So I guess that's probably... Go ahead. Uh, I was just saying like the community episode with Troy. They They make fun of his sneeze. Yeah. Well, that, that, there, I remember like there was like somebody that I knew in uh, high school. She was very, very quiet. But when she would sneeze, it would like light up the next three rooms and you uh-huh. just, she would just, and you're like where did that come from like my dad has a loud sneeze oh man you can hear it from a mile away Ugh. is he a multi-sneezer or is he just a single no he's just ah 
you. He has to let everybody. <laughs> I, some some people embrace it. Some people are trying to be like discreet about it. I don't know. That's, that's a good question. I like that. <laughs> you know, with, I tried it whenever I sneeze. I just try to make it discreet. But sometimes when you're like, when your nose is uh is um is stuffy and like you sneeze, it's the best feeling ever. Oh, I'm relieved. Oh, I know. Yeah, no, it's a blessing. Sometimes I don't know why people are being so so shy about it. It's a natural thing. <laughs> Definitely embrace it. Be loud. <laughs> what sound or noise do you hate? Um, gee, uh, da, 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 da. <laughs> this is just like a phrase that I've like picked up over the years. I just I think it's a funny phrase, but it, the the noise itself, itself is horrible. Is like wet mouth noises, whether oh. it's like like in movies like when someone's kissing but it sounds like you're right in there like oh yeah like or like somebody eating really loudly or i i hate a wet mouth noise i do not like that shit you want to know funny you say that because when i edit this audio i have to edit my natural sounds for this like sometimes my teeth my tongue tongue could get caught on on my tooth like just naturally and you you really hear it there's more expensive oh, yeah. mics that take it out for you with like they're 500 600 dollars but they take out that noise it's a miracle but uh i know exactly i deal with my annoying natural sound like that i have to always cut it out but now in, yeah. you were saying and like when I hear other podcasts, some people don't edit it. Like that's just from hearing them all the time now and doing it for this. It's funny. It's just something I picked up and I'm cursed for life hearing people's <laughs> mouthing noise. And the kissing one is the gross one too. That's just, oh, like you hear it in a movie. <laughs> I feel like it was like an 80s thing where they're just like, okay, so these guys are kissing, but we need to make sure that they, like the audience knows that they're kissing. <laughs> Let's like get some ADR in there and like, Get it real fucking like wet. Like, I just oh don't like that. You, you seen Top Gun? <laughs> yeah. Yo, that kissing well, yeah, scene with them. Very legit. Very. Uh, that, that, that seemed pretty. Yeah. I, I, I think that's a perfect example of what you're saying. You're like, man, there's a lot of. I remember the honest trailer. Like, wow, that is a lot of tongue. <laughs> yeah. I, yeah. Wet mouth noises. That's like my number one. I do not like that shit. Great answer. All right. What's your favorite curse word? Fuck for sure. <laughs> All right. Uh, anyone who doesn't say fuck, I, I'm gonna give him an eyebrow. Do your thing, but I mean that's like the best word out there. It's been a couple of times where we've had people say their favorite word is fuck, and your favorite curse word, it's uh, they'll go away. <laughs> what has anybody else said? Just like shit. Uh, we got a couple of shits. It's mostly fuck. The worst one was uh was uh the only time there's one word i just couldn't say because i'll i'll, I'll chat it to you right now I, i'm gonna test it's so bad i had this is the only time i ever changed a proud questionnaire c word i'm assuming no the other f word like that's really offensive oh. to gay people oh that's their favorite word that was their Our favorite curse word yeah i i, I uh, texted to you that and it was their favorite word too i'm like Bro, you can't do that. <laughs> no, you're gonna get people yeah, mad. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> yeah, like don't do that. That's the only time I changed. Like I, I'm not about. Uh, that's a dear. I think the uh, LGBTQI plus community is an amazing group of people, and they should not be. Um, 
they should not be objectified and have awful words said to them like that. That's the only time I will yeah, actually push it out. So I was felt the type of way when they said that, but you, you, I texted you who it is, so you'd have they'd have to uh, find it. So gotcha. So my next question, but yeah, pretty much is shit and fuck. I'm waiting for someone to say a swear word in another language. I figure it's coming soon. <laughs> Coño. <laughs> is that fucking another language or something? I think that's shit in Spanish. It's hilarious. Coño? Mm-hmm. Yeah. I'm pretty sure that's shit. That's like the only other word. There's another one called, um, I, I, there's another word that's in Spanish. And I, I don't know how offensive it is. So for me to say it, I don't know how offensive it is. But it's Zora, which is like a, um, it's like the equivalent of uh, saying bitch in English, which is, it, but it's like a, it's like a female fox instead of like a female dog is bitch. Uh, Zora. And I remember I like said it at a bar once and like I pissed a guy off for like saying that. But then I was like, I don't, I don't even know what the fuck it means. <laughs> so. I learn on that one. What perfect, yo, you want to know, talk about when someone got pissed? Um, one time I was at the subway when I was with my ex-girlfriend, right? We were just, it was like the four train or something. We were going up to um, her apartment. And like, I was talking about, now I, I was, t- now I think we were about a couple of beers, Drake's in. And we were talking about um, the Yankee. We were going from a Yankee game and someone was making fun of one of the players. And I just repeated, oh, he called, he said, this guy sucks. And then this dude walk in like, yo, what you say to me? Now I'm like, he he ran up on me in front of with my girlfriend, and I'm like, I don't have a problem. What's going on? I was just talking about this. And he's like, Yo, we good? We good? I'm like, Yeah, bro. He's like, All right, all right. And then he walked away. Over Sounds here, like he was a couple of beers deep too. <laughs> I don't know. He was. I'll tell you something, Jake. He had a he had a scary look in his eyes, and I think I didn't realize that the like how bad that could have been like no one was in the subway too like who knows you know i mean you you were a commuter in new york so you know how it is so that was that was just some luck and it got run up on just because i was talking about how a player someone said a player sucked and he thought i said he sucks <laughs> you, you, you don't fuck with people in new york man <laughs> they just oh they have God. a certain vibe if someone <laughs> in the in the Subway's approaching me and trying to say something. I'm like, not, nah, not today, that, dude. No, that, that's the key. You, you can't, you can't give them the time of day. You just put your head down, or, or you're stuck. Mm. So, uh, what profession other than your own would you like to attempt? Um. Um. I think it's a good question. Um, Kansas City Chiefs quarterback. I, I would be Elvis Gerback. Shit, I don't know. I feel like architecture was always like my skill, so it's like kind of Man. tough. Uh, I guess I, I don't know. I I mean, so this is a weird one. Um, I was actually kind of good at trapeze, <laughs> so maybe yeah, yeah, so maybe <laughs> yeah. I uh, That's I, cool. I was like, That's cool. I didn't like know that. certified, a yeah, certified trapeze so, artist, huh? 
Kind of, yeah. So, um, yeah, I would go to vacation to Club Med, and they would always have the trapeze there. And so I would do that, like, every single year. And I was, like, I was getting really good at it. I was, like, doing tricks on it and stuff like that. Man, you um, need some great arms on that one. Tricep and biceps are your best friend of that, right? And upper body, all upper body with that? So what happened that was kind of interesting is that the last time I went to Club Med um, was with Brooke. And it was after I had graduated um, – it was after I had graduated uh, my undergrad, I think. Oh no, I think maybe it was grad school. I can't remember. Um, anyway, we went to Club Med as like a celebration kind of thing, and we did the trapeze thing. And I had one of the like the head guys like approach me because he knew I was like an architect. I had, I had talked to somebody about it. And he's like, "Hey, like I need, I could use you for like two different things." He's like, "I have a bunch of like ideas of like cons- like construction that I want to do around here." And he's like, but you're also like super fit. And like, you would actually be great for like the trapeze shows and shit like that. And so this guy was like being very legit about like trying to like, just like hire me for that. So, I mean, I enjoyed that a lot. So I guess like if I had anything else to do, maybe that would be it. Is like to, to no, that's awesome. <laughs> be a trapeze, trapezist. Could, that's the word? I don't yeah, know. Yeah, trapeze artist, I think. Yeah, trapeze artist. There you go. Could you hop in right now, like from scratch, like you see the two, the big, those big, uh, are they wheels or whatever? And you could just go and do the America's Got Talent with one arm and then with your feet and uh, do some pull-ups. <laughs> I couldn't do maybe something like that, but I can, I could like swing. I could like, like hang by my legs and get caught. I've done that before. Uh, I also did one. Yeah, I mean, it's fun. It's very cool. And, like, you can, like, practice the moves, like, down below. And, like, they have you, like, hooked up, like, on cable so you can practice them and stuff like that. There was, like, some pretty cool ones that, like, I learned how to do. Uh, yeah, and I, I kind of wish I had, like, pursued it more. Because you can find, like, trapeze, like, gyms kind of, like, randomly around uh, the country. Uh, and I could I could have pursued it more. I just didn't because I didn't really think much of uh a career i'm just going with that i i, I didn't like the idea of being an architect or joining the circus i don't like that as like my options <laughs> tell me about it man uh what profession would you not like to do particular it would just be a job that i wouldn't be happy in i guess i feel like you should always like strive to to do something uh, that makes you happy. Cause I think that I, 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 there was like some saying where it's like, if you were to do something that has no monetary value and you don't have to worry about money at all, what would you be doing? And if you're not doing what you're doing now, then like, why aren't you? And I think that that's, that's key to, 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 to life is that you need to always find a way to be happy. And I don't think that necessarily money is always going to do that for you. I think that you need to, love what you're doing on a day-to-day so i think that any job where i'm not enjoying i i couldn't do it i could be a janitor and i could love doing it and you know if i don't like it then i don't want to do that so i could answer me i guess it's like vague but you know no problem at all my last question for you jake is if heaven exists what would you like to hear god to say to you when you arrive at the pearly gates Uh, good job, kid. I don't know. <laughs> hey, I, I, I yeah, I, <laughs> good answer. Making sure that, yeah, yeah. Perfect. All right. Oh, yeah. I'm sure you're on the way to that. But Jake, what a great time this was. I really enjoyed every second. 
clocking in at one thirty. It's been a pleasure, man. I'm definitely down to do this again if you are, and maybe we can even get Jake or Dre or whoever. We can do this again for sure. But I really enjoy this. Thank you. You were an awesome guest, and I can't, I can't wait to do this again, bro. Seriously. Absolutely. Anytime. Uh, give me a call. I'll, I'll be down to do it again or definitely. somebody else. That's, that's cool. Again, thank you for having me. Uh, it's, it's an honor to be on, and uh, best wishes to future guests. And I hope this takes off, man. It means a lot, man. Good luck to your Chiefs. I'm sure we'll be in touch Thank during you. the game. And yeah, can't wait to do this again. I'll talk to you very soon, Jake. You're the man. Much love, brother. Have a good one, buddy. See you later. This is why I love you, Jake. What a great appearance. What a great conversation. What great stories throughout. Thank you so much for taking the time for joining us today. And like I said, feel free to like and subscribe to the Productive Conversations podcast and leave a review. Check out the Productive Conversations exclusive content on Instagram at Productive Conversations Podcast. Check out my personal instagram at matt brown 300 and my twitter page at matt brown 31 again tune in tomorrow for a bonus episode of the podcast where i go over the merchandise being sold on zazzle which includes all the exclusive merchandise with the productive conversations podcast logo whether it's t-shirts long sleeve shirts sweaters sweatpants mugs you know, iPhone covers, Android covers, masks, tote bags, hats. There's something here for everyone in the world of fashion. And now we can show off the great merchandise of the Productive Conversations podcast. Check it out. A special bonus episode tomorrow ex- explaining the new merchandise being sold on Zazzle with the Productive Conversations logo. And for now on, you will be able to see all exclusive merchandise on Zazzle, and then there will be links to all the great things you can buy on every podcast from now on. So it's an exciting day to showcase that tomorrow, so tune in. So again, I'd like to thank my great guest, Jake Campbell. I couldn't thank you enough. Thank you for coming on and featuring yourself in a positive and awesome way. Thank you to the amazing listeners of the Productive Conversations podcast. I appreciate you so much, and this wouldn't be possible without you. And again, we will be back tomorrow to discuss the merchandise store, and then when we resume the regular podcast, I will be back not this Monday, but I will be back on Tuesday. And it's going to be an awesome show because I'm going to react to the Super Bowl. And I'm also going to react and reflect on this insane 2020 NFL season. And I'm bringing in three amazing guests for an awesome panel to discuss the prior NFL season. All returning guests of the Productive Conversations podcast. This includes Brad Finn, Jacob Bunger, and Alessandro Viviano. The four of us are going to discuss all things football, discuss all things Super Bowl, and we're going to have a great time doing it to entertain, inspire, and inform you, the greatest audience and listeners in the world. So be in tune for that on Tuesday, the 9th of February. But like I said, back tomorrow and then back on Tuesday. And it's going to be a great time. But with that, my name is Matt Brown. I thank you. I appreciate you. Be safe. Have a great weekend. And do the right thing no matter what. Love you guys. Peace.